to act justly. I pray during this time that um, this is about you, God. It's not about us. It's not about our desires, our wants, God. But this is about you, what you have for us tonight, what you're trying to teach us, what you're trying to show us. And that you've called us to change the world and to love people like you love them, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's see, all right. I have it. Of course, it's not going to work. Why would it work? Um, just like last week, the uh, the notes are in uh, the YouVersion Bible app. If you want to get that open, you guys can find that. Get that open. Let's see if I can get my my stuff to work here. No, fantastic. That's awesome. I don't know what's going on. Um, would, would one of my adults mind sitting back there for me tonight and doing that for me? Thank you, Jody. I don't know why it's not working. Like I have uh, like two different apps for it, and I don't know. It's just technology is fun, right? So go ahead and go to the next slide there, Jody. You can kind of see, like last week, uh, let's go down to the more. And on the next slide, you'll see where it says events. On the next slide, the events, and then you'll see find our stuff there. Take your notes. There's going to be some times when I ask you guys questions, or specifically towards the bottom of, of the notes there. Um, there's like three words, and there's going to be a the chance for you guys to take some notes there, because it's going to come up with some things. I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Maybe a good place to kind of write down. Some of the group answers in that app. So then like I said, you can save it and you can have these notes forever and ever and all that good stuff. So um, now that summer's here, uh, I've been wearing, I, I, love, I love my sunglasses. I have a couple different pair. Um, like I said, my car, like to pretty much just cheap sunglasses though. I have a pink and blue pair that's in my car. I have a pink Superman pair that's in my wife's car. Um, like I said, you just go to cheap. Like my Superman pair costs like four or five bucks at Six Flags. No, nothing crazy. Occasionally, I've had I've splurged a little bit and gotten some uh, sunglasses with polarized lenses. Anybody ever seen this? This is kind of what it looks like here. Um, it, it makes things look a lot sharper than they would through a normal pair of sunglasses. Um, so just imagine you're at the beach trying to gaze at the ocean, but all you've got is a pair of cheap Superman glasses from uh, Six Flags. They're gonna work. They're gonna keep the sun out. Um, you're able to see without squinting. But if you're wearing a pair of polarized sunglasses, you can, you can see a whole lot more just like this. This photo, you can see a whole lot sharper than you would with normal sunglasses. And so, um, you know, if you look down to the ocean, you might be able to see several layers below the surface of the depths you, you never would have been able to see with just regular sunglasses. Um, unless, of course, you're like in the Gulf of Mexico and you can't see anything into the Gulf of Mexico. So, so why am I talking about sunglasses? Because I think polarized lenses are a lot like the Bible. It's not easy to understand justice like we've been trying to do for the last couple of weeks. Trying to understand justice without Scripture is kind of like looking at the ocean with just regular sunglasses. But when you seek to define justice from a biblical perspective, it's like looking out into the ocean with the nicest pair of polarized sunglasses that you can find. So we're going to kind of dig into the Scripture a little bit and see what God is telling us today about justice. For the last two weeks, we've been reading a passage of Scripture that we're going to revisit tonight. In Micah 6, 8, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly 
with your God. So today I want us to focus on two words in this passage, and that's to act justly. So, so what is justice? You know, we can have conversations about justice, and it's not always easy to, to know what exactly we're talking about. Whose definition of justice are we using? Who gets to decide what is just and what's not just? And so this has kind of been our working definition in this series of, of justice. It's based on Scripture, and I believe it sums up justice well. Justice is righting wrongs or making wrong things right. So in week one of this series, um, we talked about how justice is connected. We talked about do something. Now, how justice is connected to the belief that we are all made in the image of God, created by Him to do good works. That should be the do something picture, Jody. Is that there? There you go. And in week two of this series, we talked about how the world often looks at justice uh, from a, a, a lens of retribution. Where the punishment for an offense should fit the crime. That should be the next one. But God's view of justice is deeper. His goal is mercy. And his goal is restoration and transformation. That's a whole lot different usually than what we try to do when we're dealing with people. So we've said that justice requires us to do something. That was that big first week. We said that anytime we hear the, we bear the image of God, um, or anytime people who bear the image of God are mistreated or they're ignored or oppressed, it's an injustice that must be made right. We've said that fighting for justice requires a partnership with God and the God of justice. And now today we're talking about the what and the how of justice. We're going to be in several passages. If you're in the, uh, the event, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. If you're not, you're going to be going back and forth. But when we read the Bible, God provides us with polarized lenses, if you will, to help us see clearly what justice should look like. And the Bible has a lot to say on the subject. So I'm going to read a series of scriptures to you. Just listen closely, read up there closely, look on your phone, whatever. But I want you guys to pay attention to the scripture and see what, what may stand out for you. Um, because you have questions or whatever. And then we're talking about these a little bit more in a minute. So the first was Micah 6, 6 through 8. So what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn, crazy, for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So if we've heard that passage every single week of this series, you guys probably memorized that one. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You need to do what you see in Scripture. And then verse 27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before the God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unsustained, unstained from the world. And you have Psalm 82.3 says, Give justice to the weak, and the fatherless maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Zechariah 7, 9, and 10 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. Proverbs 31, verse 8 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. And the last one is Amos 5. 24. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. 
So according to Scripture, orphans and widows should not be in distress. The weak and the fatherless should not be taken advantage of. Mercy and compassion should be shown to the poor and the oppressed. No one should be exploited by the powerful. No one should be voiceless or unheard. And the refugees should be welcomed and given refuge. That's what all these scriptures are telling us. But you and I aren't usually as passionate about these subjects as God is, are we? And let's just be honest. We're not always very motivated to care about these issues. And some of these passages might make some of us uncomfortable, may make us angry, or might think, all right, God, what, what are you trying to tell me? What do you, what do you want me to do? Uh, if justice is about righting wrongs, we sometimes need to begin by righting the wrongs in our own hearts. I'm going to say it again. Because I think we may need to understand this and get this. This is a big point. If justice is about righting wrongs, we sometimes need to begin by righting the wrongs in our own hearts. Sometimes the fight for justice begins with confronting and uprooting the sins of greed and pride and lust and idolatry and hardened hearts that are in our own hearts. Those, those things can all cloud our vision of justice. So it may, it may begin, the fight of justice may begin with you looking into your own heart, into your own lives, and seeing what you need to make right. Um, there's a quote I want you guys to see right there. It says, I have come to see questions about suffering in the world, not so much as questions about God's character, but as questions about the obedience and faith of God's people. Say it again. I have come to see questions about suffering in the world, not so much as questions about God's character. So the, the problems in the world are not because of who God is, but as questions about the obedience and faith of God's people. The problems in the world are not God's problems that he brought to this world, but because of man's disobedience. Would you guys agree or disagree with that? It's, it's okay if you answer it loud. We have one or two yes over here. Would you guys agree? Anybody agree? When it comes to justice, God has given us responsibility. And as we've learned so far, our responsibility is to do something, to love mercy, and tonight it's to act justly. And that is our act of obedience toward God. So the question is, how can I act justly? That's a good question. That's the whole purpose of tonight. How can I act justly? So God's Word speaks about helping orphans, about helping widows, the poor, the oppressed, the weak. The fatherless, the foreigners. But, but what exactly can we do with that knowledge? I think the first level of, of doing something is, is physical. Um, it's to meet the physical needs of other people. Because there's, there's ways that you and I can meet the needs of people. We made these homeless kids back in December. Some of them have been passed out. Some are still there. You guys, please grab those. Um, that's meeting the needs of some people. You hand out food, water, hygiene bags to the homeless. Serve food at a local soup kitchen. Deliver food to families in need during the holidays. We had some church members buying food and delivering them to um, some elderly people in the church when, when all this started and they couldn't really get out and go get their, their groceries. You rally your friends and family or church to provide free school supplies. You know, find ways to meet physical needs. This is level one. This is usually a fairly easy task for the most of us. You maybe create a Christmas toy drive. I had some friends that were in a, a band and every year they would... Uh, do this big toy drive. They would raise money or they'd set up boxes and they would go buy all kinds of Christmas toys for kids and then they would go uh, deliver them. It's, you know, there's all kinds of things you guys can do. There's, there's, the sky's the limit when it comes to phys meeting physical needs of people. The second level will probably be relational. Sometimes when we think about justice, all we think about is meeting physical needs. 
But justice is so much more than just giving people clothes or money or food. Justice can mean the gift of, of relationships to other people. Or it can mean receiving the gift of relationships from someone else. Or, or leveraging our relationships for justice work. So what are some of the ways that we can, we can do that? Maybe we make weekly visits. Not just a one-time visit. Maybe to the elderly or sick or bedroom. Maybe you have a grandparent, a great-grandparent. Maybe you don't talk to or see as often as you probably should or could. Find a way maybe just go see them. Uh, share a meal with a person who's homeless instead of just serving the meal. Um, there was a guy at Sataka Villa on a Sunday afternoon, I don't know, five, six months ago, that we went and bought, uh, bought his food there at Taco Villa, and then instead of just handing the bag and walking inside, Jennifer and I sat out there and talked to him for, I don't know, half an hour or so. My parents, like, the family got worried because they didn't know where we were. thought we ran away or something. I don't know what they thought. But have a meal with a homeless person. Talk to the person because it's a person. It's not just... A charity case that you think, or somebody to give a bag of food to. It's actually a person. Get to know the person. Um, maybe teach ESL classes to new immigrants who need assistance, or volunteer at a church or a local organization as a mentor. There's a lot of kids that look up to you guys. You're teenagers. You're like the you're the cool people to these to these kids. I promise you may think you're not. You may not really be cool, but they think you're cool. You know, you have a chance to, to, to mentor and to pour a little bit of yourself into them. Uh, identify a justice issue that you want to learn more about and to find a mentor who can help guide you and educate there. Someone who's smarter than you and knows more things and maybe live longer, has some more experiences, and, and ha- have them teach you on some things. Educate your friends and your family in your circle of influence on, on a particular justice issue that needs attention and action. Those are the relational things you guys can do. Level three is, uh, syst- is uh, systemic. While, while so much can be done, for justice on through a one-on-one interaction, through local projects, through short-term initiatives, those things are great. Sometimes fighting for justice often requires a much deeper dive into the systemic, deeply rooted issues that cause injustice on a large scale. Uh, that might require political involvement or activism or protests and, of course, consistent and focused prayer. And we can maybe participate in a march or peacefully protest or boycott oppressive or unjust businesses or facilities. Uh, campaign by writing letters, uh, making phone calls, reaching out to government officials who can legislate change. Because um, there's so many different things that we can do. Uh, of course, the, the big one right now that, that's going on in our country is, of course, racism and, and, and all that goes with that. But there, there's other things that we can also stand up for as well. Like I said, the homelessness, that's a systemic problem that's been around for a long time that needs changing. Racism, you know, that's all kinds of things that we can do. You know, use your voice. Uh, as soon as you guys get old enough, vote. You know, pray for change and for wisdom to know how to move in accordance with God's mission. Because God wants to use you. Like I said, we, we've talked about this. Uh, you may talk about it in some of your small groups. But these things that the, these, these injustices we see in the world, all different kinds of injustice with, with sex trafficking, all kinds of things, all those things stem from, from being distant and, and being disobedient of who God is and what he's calling us to do. All these different problems, all the different things in the world, everything you see going wrong in the world is because of, of, of sin, period. You guys got that? You got, I mean, that's the only thing that's going to solve anything, any problem in the world is, is God. That's it. And he may use you, which is kind of a cool thing if you think about it. The, the fact that God may use you to help spur some change. And so find ways that you can do these things. The uh, last thing is, is, is to keep learning. 
Uh, I know some of the things we talked about um, today may sound uh, difficult or overwhelming. Or you don't really know where to start. But I believe God has equipped you guys to do hard things. I mean, not on your own ability or whatever, but because of what God has given you and, what he, and who He is. So this week I want to challenge you to challenge yourself to get more educated on one issue that we talked about um, today that matters to you personally or, or to people around you. Maybe find resources like books, podcasts, TED Talks, something, you know, a friend, somebody you can talk to, whatever. Uh, follow prominent people on social media who speak out of social, you know, who speak out about these things just to gain some insight into these issues. Um, I'm not telling you guys to do these things without doing these things myself. I've been I've been a lot of reading, a lot of listening to podcasts, listening to uh, to sermons, and and other people who um, can help me try to understand, um, especially like racism. I've been reading a book called The Color of Compromise. It's about how white evangelical church has kind of been complacent in in in, in racism in, in America, and yeah, the book's been pretty convicting. And, and and there's I think it's on, I think it's on Amazon. You can watch like a little video, which if you like to read, that may be a way to go if you just want to watch TV. But you know, read things, watch things, and you, so I, I'm doing these things like I'm asking you guys. I'm not doing anything. I'm asking you guys to do. Look for experts or insiders who are directly affected by certain issues and, and become friends with them. Ask for permission to hear their stories, and when you do, take the posture of a humble listener who who wants to be educated more on how to be an ally. Instead of sitting there listening of what you can, and thinking what you can say when they're done talking, just sit and listen. I think a lot of our, you know, a lot of what we do, we, we'll talk a lot, but we don't, even, we don't listen enough. Don't be afraid to ask questions, but make sure you find a safe person who's going to allow you to ask those questions. Um, even questions that may sound silly and absurd or dumb or whatever, you need to be asked those questions. Have somebody who you can ask those questions to. You know, tell them you're learning ask for, and ask them for grace. Get out from behind your phone, off your couch, and, and do something that God has called you to do. Because through Him, you are more, more powerful than you could ever truly know. If you remember the story in the Bible of, of the boy with the loaves and the fish, and he had so little, but Jesus multiplied what he had in order to meet the needs of thousands of people. So do something. Love mercy. Act justly. Because you have no idea how much God can do through you. God, thank you for this, this chance to see what it means to act just and that we can do something. God, we can do something as small as just buying a bag of groceries for a neighbor or, or someone in need or whatever. God, it would be something even bigger than that. God, I pray you, you, uh, you challenge these kids to stand up for something. Because for too often it's about our desires, our comforts, what we want. Help us stand up for people who, who don't have a voice. Like, like, like Scripture pointed out so many times, to speak for those who are mute. And help us speak for those who don't have a voice. May we just be bold and courageous to see this world change. In your name I pray. Amen.